take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. All right, welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page, Couple Synergy, or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over, for nearly 20 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In today's episode, we will be talking about attention and how attention plays out in your relationships. And before we do that, we kind of have to give a shout out here. Um, As you guys can see, this is a special episode because we're on video and um, we have to give a shout out to Dylan and Adam. We're trying to figure out what their company name is going to be, but we're <laughs> thinking probably A&D Productions. Don't quote us on that one. But they're filming us today, and uh, we really thank you guys for, for doing that. So without further ado, let's get into attention in relationships. Attention is our number one commodity. It is the thing that we have to offer and the thing that we want the most. It is a need Absolutely, 100%. For everyone right. in relationships. Right. And specifically in our primary intimate relationships, mm-hmm. it is something we desire most from a partner. It's the food of a relationship. Ooh, it's the food. Mm-hmm. It's the nutrients that feed the relationship. Right. And, so, you know, I, I think in, in past uh, podcasts, we also talked about the five A's, mm-hmm. right? And that was with, that's from Matthew. Nope. Sorry. No, that's David Rico. David Rico's book. How to be an adult in a relationship. Right. And the five A's, once again, are attention, affection, acceptance, appreciation, and an allowing to become. And the greatest of these is attention. Attention. Yep. And countless number of times we see couples come through the door and their relationship is starving. Yes. They are not feeding the relationship. They're not giving attention to the relationship, to each other. And, and most of all, they're not giving attention to themselves. Most of all. You know, and I think that's what we do is we put ourselves last. Then we treat our partner just slightly better than that. And then everything else gets top billing, right? The kids and work and even um, extended family or socializing. And, you know, we get it. It is really difficult. I mean, we had to raise little kids. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, both had careers, full-time jobs, and then have to maintain a home. And so it's really hard. You know, taking your kids to different uh, activities and and maintaining extended family obligations, all of that is very difficult. You're going from one thing to another. And so your relationship does suffer. Right. Right. And where does it, where do we first take a loan out? Our creativity. Yeah. We did an uh, an episode on that. On the boredom episode. Yep. And then we take a loan out from our relationships and then our physical health. So our, the greatest threat out there to our intimacy, our emotional wellness, and our physical health is? Technology. Yep. 
So we, yeah. we have to put a caveat here because, oh, yeah. you know, we are right now <laughs> doing a podcast, which people are probably listening to on their phones or watching, watching. On, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Um, so technology is bringing us to the world. Right. Technology is helping us stay connected to our kids who live in different states. Yep. It's probably 80% of running our business. We are connected to the world mm -hmm. a lot quicker right. than we ever have been as a species. Yeah, I think that means that you can never just work nine to five. Right. Because your business is always in your pocket. And there are people that, you know, don't have a brick and mortar business mm -hmm. and they work strictly from the beach online. Right. Or from wherever they are. I mean, a lot of our therapists at the Lighthouse, they are also doing virtual sessions now. Right. So we have clients in multiple states. You know, technology helps us, you know, bring those services to people that are not just locked in regionally. Right. So what we really want to talk about is all of the benefits of technology are there, but all of the pitfalls are as well. So we want to talk about something that we call technology hygiene. Technology hygiene. Yeah. I love that word. How do you have appropriate boundaries and not just, you know, technology in some ways is sort of like meditation where time stops and you can dive into something and it feels like five minutes and it's hours. Especially when you're dealing with social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, all of us are walking around with computers in our pockets, which we can access pretty much anything. Let me ask you this. How many apps do you think you have on your phone that notify you whenever there's a change in the app? That's a really great question because <laughs> <laughs> if I'm just going with email, we have to talk about how many email accounts right? I have to monitor, right? Right, and how many social media accounts you uh, have to monitor and other things that, you know, I don't even know because you do most of that stuff. Right. But more than 20 that notify Not, you. I wouldn't say more than 20. But I would say a good 10 to 12. You have eight emails. Well, that, that may be true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. But there's, there's a, a lot. There's a lot. That is like constantly. notifying us all the time. Right. right? And, and there is some, some groundbreaking research mm -hmm. that's coming out now about technology and how it actually affects us, specifically how it affects our brain. Right. Right? Because it, it, those notification tones... You know, even if you have it on vibrate and, and it's in your pocket, it still stimulates a part of the brain, you know, uh, the, where reward the, the reward center. pleasure center mm -hmm. where, you know, dopamine is very active. Right. And so immediately we get this charge of dopamine when we get that notification tone and we feel this this impulse to find out who is it that's reaching out to us? Who is it that's contacting us? It seems very urgent, very immediate. Right. You know, Technology, especially the social media, it's always there. It never judges you. Right. It doesn't reject you. Mm -hmm. It has endless content. And it's really easy, especially the worse you feel, the more burned out you feel, the, if you had a hard day, it's the easiest thing that you can just grab and sort of wash it all away for a little bit of time. Right. I, I think, you know, before social media and everything, it would be it would be the TV, mm -hmm. you know, that people yeah. would just kind of zone out, you know, watching TV. Now we have the whole concept of like binge watching shows, right. you know, episode after episode, you know, so we're not just talking about, you know, the phone and social media, but mm -hmm. 
you know, technology in general. I, I remember we were watching a show. I can't remember what it was, but I had this thought that I knew more about the characters on the show and their lives than I knew about my my siblings and my neighbors and my coworkers. I think it was the show Brothers and Sisters, which been. is very ironic. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, you kind of realize that your your worldview becomes very distorted. You know, I think I asked you this. How many murders have you actually witnessed? In real life, none. Right. But thousands of scripted, acted, maybe this is what it's like. But we don't really know what it's like. It might be a very quiet thing and someone just drops. I don't know depending on how right. things happen. But we really don't know, but we've had all these um, other people's ideas who maybe never saw a murder either about what it would be like or mm -hmm. at least the dramatization of it so it's interesting to watch. But it's just not real. And that's part of the disconnect, right? And that's where um, I think a lot of people feel worse about themselves when they see those type of snapshots or stories mm -hmm. and, it, and they can't resolve it with their own lives. Well, what was that statistic about how many sexual acts are exposed to children through media? Do you remember that, that percentage? I don't remember the percentage, but I remember that 26% of six-year-olds accidentally view pornography. There we go. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if, if we are bombarded, you know, by all of these messages, you know, from the media, we're bombarded by technology, we're bombarded by, you know, people contacting us and... You know, what do we give our attention to? It, it tends to be what is on the forefront, what's on center stage. Yeah. Right. And so if that is what is constantly being put in our face, then we are going to give our attention to that. You know, it's like you're driving by, a, you know, a car wreck. You're immediately going to going to turn and you're going to give your attention to it just be out of human curiosity. Right. Right. And so, you know, I use the analogy of a, of a battery. Right. That. You know, let, let's let's use a cell phone. Sure. Here we go, right? <laughs> so at the end of the day, you plug your cell phone in, you know, so that it'll charge overnight. You wake up, it's at 100%. So throughout the day, you know, when you start your day, where do you give the majority of your, your energy to? Well, for most people, it's to work, right? right? And so maybe 50, 60% of your energy of that, that battery mm -hmm. is given to work. And then so when you come home, now you got 40%, 50% left. Right. Where do you spend that energy? Probably doing dishes and cooking. Okay, taking care of the household. So by the time the right? kids are in bed, what's left? Logistic, not much. Yeah. Right? And and you give energy to your kids because you have to. Right. And you know, that's, that's necessary. Mm -hmm. But then how much energy do you give then to your spouse? How much energy do you give to yourself? yourself? Yeah. For the most part, for many people, they have nothing left to give at the end of the day. So maybe it's not technological hygiene. Maybe it's energy hygiene. Real, that's, a, that's a good clarification yeah. there. Like yeah. how do you decide where you're... Where are you going to expend yeah. your energy, right? And choose it, right? Choose it. Because many people, they just sit there and, and just scroll for hours and hours right. and hours going through Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that you know there grabs their attention. You know, and the reason that it's our greatest threat to our intimacy and emotional wellness and our physical health is because it doesn't give us love. Right. It doesn't give us unconditional. It gives us unconditional. You can be anyone, but it, it doesn't challenge us to be a better person. 
It doesn't care if you become a better person and it doesn't hold you when you're going through the darkest times in your life. I would add that it's, it's not real. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, many people, they have this, um, what was that video you saw? Yeah, it was, it was a couple that was, you know, taking a look at, they were looking at this one couple on Instagram and they looked perfect, you know, and they were on a beach and then they flip over to the couple you know, that is taking the pictures and they're arguing with each other and they're just, it, it's all about being fake. It's all about putting the, the perfect image of yourself online for that attention. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think too many people kind of aspire to that or they see that and they think that, you know, they kind of judge themselves based on that. Right. I think we try to use our social media you know, with couple synergy and with on the trail with Dr. Ray and Jean, mm -hmm. or is it just on the trail with Ray and Jean? On the trail with Ray and Jean, yeah. Um, to show some real stuff. You know, there's definitely some meltdowns during our big hike that are up there. And, you know, we want to let people know that you can have a life that's really full and you can travel and you can see a lot of things and you can spend a lot of time as a couple doing new things. But we also want to let people know there's a struggle to it and that... Um, and that it's normal. It's just, <laughs> I think we fight every trip we go on. It's a, it, you know, it's a growing experience. Yeah, yeah. It, it should be. <laughs> but, it, you know, that, that's what we're saying is that technology is not all bad. I, right. it, it really mm -hmm. depends on what your intention is mm -hmm. behind it. Yeah. Right. And so if you are using, you know, social media or technology in order to try to gain other people's attention because you are empty inside or you feel, you know, low self-worth. Right. Then it is always going to be this bucket that can never be filled because it's got right. a hole it's in like it. it. No matter how much you put in, it just all drains right out. And, you know, fixing the bucket requires uh, inter introspection. And the interesting thing about human beings is we see outward. We don't see inward. So if we don't have a reflection, we don't even know we exist. And that might sound weird, but if you're in a room with like five people and you go up to someone, you're like, hey, how you doing? And they just stared almost right through you and went and kept talking to someone else. And you did that a few times and you had the same reaction. You would start to go, did I, did I die? And I'm a ghost and I'm not really here. You would doubt your existence, literally. Right. And that's just how we are as human beings. And that's why attention is such a primary need for us, because we really don't know who we are outside of a relationship. And, and so when couples are starving, you know, and they're not giving attention to the relationship, they're not giving attention to themselves, it creates more and more of a distance. You know, it, it never surprises me again how many couples sit across from us and they say they have, you know, the last time they've been on a date together was like a year, maybe. Right. Or, it, or longer, much or longer. longer. Or the last time they've been on a trip together, just the two of them, was mm -hmm. like their honeymoon. You know, and that would have been like 10 years ago. They go on family trips with their kids. They yeah. take their kids out to dinner. Right. If you go back to your battery analogy, if you don't have a lot left, it's much easier to engage with people that you have the least amount of proximity to and the least amount of uh, commitment to. Right. Least amount of risk right. uh, for rejection. Right. It's like our, our theory that, you know, all the big rival teams are close in proximity. Right. The Bears and the Packers. It's like they're close. That's, you know, the Bears <laughs> always. We shouldn't bring up that's a sore subject. Yeah. 
But, you know, it's easier to call a friend or go out with the girls or talk to coworkers than your partner. Because your partner, you have to deal with real stuff and it's harder. And so we avoid that by doing the easier thing because our brain likes the path of least resistance. Reminds me of one of my clients who, you know, obviously we've been, we worked with them together as a couple, but um, he had prior girlfriends that have become friends, Mm -hmm. you know, really close friends. And he would spend a lot of time still going out with them, you know, going to dinner, going texting, texting, and just really maintaining, you know, those friendships for him. And a lot of them sort of were leaning on him for guy advice. About their relationships, about really intimate things, Mm -hmm. right? And they were very close. And his wife, understandably, had some huge issues with that. Right. Right. And they were like new into the into the marriage, maybe mm-hmm. one or two years. But this was a huge sticking point for them. A lot of contention about it. And he felt like she was telling him to give up his friendships. Yeah. But when we, you know, back to the battery analogy is that if you're spending your energy, what little you have after work, after obligations, if you're spending it on friendships, Regardless of whether they're female or male, right, opposite gender or not, if you're spending majority of your energy towards them, well, then that's even less right. for your spouse. Because your attention and your energy is limited. Because your attention, yes, is limited, yeah. right. I think that in the beginning of a relationship, we, we sort of have nature to help us along, right? We have all those good brain chemistries that want us to bond, and we don't need to sleep, and we want to desperately see the other person and we're so invested in that and then after that kind of cools off I think at that point that's when love becomes a choice it becomes a choice of what you want to invest in and spend time on in your relationship so it reminds me of this client I was working with a couple weeks ago and she was talking a lot with a guy at work Mm. right and she ended up it was kind of an interesting situation, but they went out socially and he professed to her that he liked her. Oh yeah. And she got really confused. You know, she's married, she loves her husband, but she was actually spending more energy and attention with this guy at work than she was with her husband. So she started to doubt her feelings for her husband. And then her and her husband went on a vacation And they spent a really good chunk of time investing in their relationship, a good week together, doing something new and having fun. And she realized that she really does love him. And she was very confused as to how could she have these other feelings for someone else? What you focus on grows. Right. Where you put your attention is where your investment is going to be. And so I think that's where the hygiene comes in, right? Because we're all capable of investing in different people. We're all capable of being attracted to more than one person and loving more than one person. But again, these are finite things. We have a limited amount of them. And so whatever we choose to spend that in, and if we divide it, those relationships can only be as strong as they are growing together. Right. So it's an interesting thing that, you know, she got to that point where she goes, I need to cut off my friendship with this guy because he's taking, I'm giving him things that belong in my marriage and I need to focus on my marriage or I'm probably not going to have one. And it's a choice. It really is. It, you know, that becomes a really difficult um, 
difficult issue for couples, you know, when they are faced with that choice between giving energy to their spouse and needing to cut off their friendships, cut off these relationships that they had maybe prior to meeting their spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, and many times that can cause a, a really big rift in the relationship. And if couples can't get through that and get to the other side, then a lot of times it, it, it deteriorates the, whole, the entire relationship as a whole. Yeah, and I want to kind of talk a little bit, maybe a caveat, because how people set up their relationships is kind of their business. And some people don't have the desire to be as close and intimate and deep as we are talking about or we desire for our relationship. Right. And many couples sleep in separate beds, vacation separately. Mm-hmm. They are more invested in their friends than in their partnership, but they also socialize as a partner. They have maybe a lower sex drive and don't want to deal with that kind of intimacy. And so maybe that works for them. And to those people, that's great. That's we're not addressing that. No, the problem happens when there's a discrepancy between Mm -hmm. two. Right. Right. Like, you know, back up to that client I was talking about where he had those, those relationships, those friendships, you know, her view of marriage was you have one person, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is your spouse. That is your person that you go to. And that is the person that you spend the majority of your energy and give the most of your attention to. And you don't spread that out to other people. And so that discrepancy is causing a huge rift or Mm -hmm. has caused a huge rift in their relationship. So, you know, when we talk about attention and we talk about Also, emotional wellness. Emotional wellness is the ability to own your feelings, right? And to manage them, to have emotional regulation and to manage your feelings. And when you're distracted, you can't do that. When you're in a million different places, you can't do that. When you have no time to focus your attention on yourself and be introspective, you can't have emotional wellness. And I think this is the biggest reason why we have so much anxiety and depression in our country is because there's just no time to chill out. There's no time for the not having that constant stimuli. And every single thing we see, our brain doesn't know the difference if you actually witnessed a real event or you're processing a movie that you saw and you still have to process it and it still takes up energy. And that's why those shows that are, their they're ending hooks you to get to the next show. They're like ongoing dramas. Those are the ones that suck your energy the most as opposed to the ones that have a beginning, a middle, and an end, like a sitcom, and then it's over, and then the next week it's independent. I, I think, uh, you know, kind of hearing what you're, you're saying, we're seeing the longer-term consequences of everything we're talking about here, this lack mm-hmm. of attention, right, this impact of technology on the younger generations. Right. Right, there are countless studies now showing that technology and, you know, is shaping the brain in, in not such not a good way, right. right? It's actually changing the structure of the brain. And this is a huge problem, especially for kids these days. Well, if you think about our physical bodies, it works the same way, right? If you eat a bunch of sugar and white flour stuff, you're going to activate your insulin system and you're going to grab all that stuff and store it as food, even though your body's actually starving still. You, you've eaten a lot of food, you're full, it's storing it as fat, but you're not actually processing and using it, and then you crave more and more of it. Right. And, and to shift that is a little painful, right? 
maybe it takes four or five days if you go on a strict diet to get to what people call clean eating. And then when you're clean eating, you don't have those kind of cravings anymore. But in, in that when your attention is all over the place, you do have those cravings. And it takes some time for those to go away too if you are going to do some hygiene around that. Well, it works very much like an addiction. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and that also impacts the same part of the brain as well. Reward pleasure center. Right. Right. And the more that we feed it, the more we want it. It creates more of that desire. And so I, I think it's it, it's very easy also mm-hmm. for all of us to fall into that trap. Absolutely. You know, and we, we certainly especially when you're have stressed. issues with that. A- absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's very easy to have this, you know, justification about why you're going online or why you're going into social media, you know. Um, especially if you have your own business, right? Yeah. You have to post, you have to, you know, get the word out there. You well, know. you might go on for one thing and then all your notifications. Oh, and then <laughs> you forget. You check all like, the, and then you yeah. don't realize you're sitting in front of your yeah. partner and 45 minutes has gone by. Right. And, and unless they pick up their phone and they dive in too, and, you know, try that. Try If your partner's on their phone, try just sitting and waiting and see how long it is. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you don't know. It, it, it's so... It's so it slows down time so much that you don't realize how much time has gone by. And, you know, Josh and Stephanie, they talk about this topic in their couples interview on Thursday. Right. Yeah. They talk about how social media impacted their relationship in a negative way. Video gaming. Right. right? And he he kind of admits to talking to someone inappropriately online and, you know, how that impacted their relationship. And. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he's alone in that. This is not oh, just a not. yeah, I absolutely mean, not. He, I he's think not an outlier. I I think it's just a, uh, it's part of our culture, yeah. and so it's part of something past generations never had to deal with, and so now we have to learn this mm-hmm. again. This hygiene around it, like how do we do that? Oh, just step into an elevator with a bunch of people, see what happens. Right. <laughs> Every single person pulls out their phone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, the other day. You know, I went into the, the, the common restroom mm-hmm. and I could hear someone in the stall like watching a movie or something <laughs> while he's sitting there. I, in public, yeah. You could just hear it out loud. It's just crazy, right? Yeah. But it is becoming more of a norm now. Absolutely. There is this term that was published in an article in Australia and the word is fubbing. Fubbing. Sounds really funny. <laughs> um, fubbing is when you snub someone specifically like a, an intimate partner mm-hmm. with your phone. Mm. All right. So you, you know, you, you look at, uh, go to a restaurant and you see couples, you know, sitting at a table. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Nine times out of 10, there's one person on a phone and the other person's just sitting there waiting. Right. Or both of them are on the phone. Yeah. You know, so, so fubbing would be if you're sitting there and you're talking to your spouse and then all of a sudden you get a notification you shut down that conversation and you go to your phone, right? right. And so now in that, in that action, mm-hmm. you are saying that the person on the phone is more important than your partner that's sitting right in front of you. Right. And it might not even be a person. Right. It might be an ad in an email. Who knows, right? Right. You know, and I think that when we look at self-esteem and we look at, at how good we are at caring for ourselves as individual people and the more energy we put towards taking care of ourselves the better our diet's going to be so the better our health is going to be and also the better 
um, we're not going to hook in so much to all those distractions. And I don't know about you, but if I'm particularly overwhelmed or bothered by something and my brain doesn't kind of want to shut off, I'm, I'm going right to solitaire. You know, I'm going to my game. <laughs> Wait, I'm a gamer. Yeah. I got my solitaire. Sure. I've got the little word thing. I put the words together, you know, and, and then it's, you know, everything goes away. For, it, for me, it it's just good. scrolling through social media. Yeah. It's just Facebook, Facebook, right. uh, you know, oh, there's a funny video of dogs falling, you know, what, whatever it right. is. And the more stressed that I get, the more I turn to it. Right? And, for, and for longer periods. And of for time. longer periods of time, because you just want to just, just tune out. You yeah. just don't want to, you know, deal with or address the, the, the thoughts that are running around in your head and all the obligations and things and, and stressors that are piling up. Right. But the thing is that the more and more you distract yourself, the bigger those problems become. Right. You know, you're just pushing them down the line. They're just getting bigger and bigger over time. Well, that's that's one thing I noticed after we went for that 20 day hike and we had no access to any forms of electronics and you felt so peaceful yeah. and you actually felt good about yourself, you know, and it, it's so amazing to me if I'm talking to other women, how, and I, I'm sure it's just as bad for men now, how bad they feel about themselves. And it doesn't matter what size they are. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how attractive they are. They all feel it. And it's like heartbreaking to me. Well, you play the comparison game. Yeah. And you know, you'll never win for ever. M- for men, it's really more about materialism. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, that guy's got a better car, you know, or that guy is making, you know, 1.7 million a year or something like that. You know, whatever it is, it's about materialism and success. Right. And so if you dive into that, I think you just feel worse and worse and worse and you're always chasing that carrot, right? And when we're doing better, you know, when we get home from work and obviously we hear a lot of tough things during the day. So by the time we've done eight or nine hours of sitting across from people and delving into the deepest parts of them, when we get home, we can either distract, but actually my favorite thing to do is go sit down sit in our gazebo and listen to the frogs or the crickets and the wind and just sort of let all that sort of find a new balance. Just let the thoughts flow of the day and find that balance. And Mm -hmm. I feel better when I do that than when I just distract myself with my games or watch a show or something. Cause when you're done watching the show, it's like you get just slammed back into your life. Right. You know, my favorite thing to do is to take a trip to jolly old England (laughs) and it's lovely to drop hear. the screen <laughs> and do some karaoke, you know, yeah. and just sing together and just blow off some steam. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we try very hard, you know, to attend to that. Yeah. Right. Because our jobs are so stressful because we hear all the stories mm-hmm. that most people don't. And, and I always feel better on the days that we choose better things. Um, to give our attention to right. than when we choose the mindless things. Yeah, like picking up a book. Right. You but know, sometimes it doesn't yeah. feel good to do it initially. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you just want to grab the remote or check out or whatever. But it's always the path comes farther down the road because you don't get slammed back into your life. Your life actually finds a new level of balance. Well, there's a difference, you know, if it's the exception to the rule. Right. Versus it being the rule. Right. Which yeah. it is for most people. Right. And if you find yourself just continuously putting your energy into things that don't give back. Right. You know, like technology or like other people that drain you, then 
you know, you're just going to continuously feel drained. Right. You know, what, what is that one thing we said, you know, on Bill and Wendy's show was like, what's the first thing that you touch in the morning? Right. They were, they got a chuckle out of that, but most people pick up their phone. Yep. That's the first thing that they touch. And so if that's how you're starting out the day, if that's what you're putting your attention towards and, and versus your spouse versus your kids. Yeah. You know what else is interesting? Like our cars now, right? They have this thing that says, check the back seat. (laughs) Do you know why it says that? Because people forget their babies in the back seat. Yeah. But nobody ever forgets their phone. I've seen people blackout drunk, plug their phone in and make yeah. sure it's ready to go for the next day. And they don't even, they're out of their minds. They Your don't even know sister they're doing it. dropped her phone in a porta potty. Yeah, she did. And, and had some sanitation guys go and get, get it, it out. And get it out of there, right? <laughs> would you use I would, it? I would, no. It didn't work I'd buy another anymore. phone at that point. <laughs> right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but we're really attached and we're attached so subconsciously. Right. That it's more important than the people in our lives. It's so crazy. That's so funny. I mean, My phone for- was ringing right now as we're sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think of the things you forget. Yeah. Have you ever forgotten your phone? Not much. Not very often. They're like $1,000. Right. But there's other things that are a lot more money too. Right. right. But, you like, know, you forget. Really important stuff. Like jail time if you forget like, your kid in the car. We've been officiating weddings and people forgot the wedding rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Right? And those are worth more than $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really crazy. Our, it's a weird relationship we have with technology. Yeah. So, you know, if you can really think about your attention as a great commodity, you have a limited amount, and be very, very, very choosy about how you spend that time. Yeah, you know, relationships are the most difficult thing we will ever have to do our entire life. And nobody teaches us how to do it. And it is not something that just comes naturally. No. It is something that you have to work on. It's something that you have to feed. And it is a skill. It is. And a choice. And a choice. Right. After the beginning, it's a choice. And that feeding, we feed it with attention. And remember, we have never been to a wedding where the couple didn't love each other. Right. But we have seen relationships deteriorate over time. Mm-hmm. Many, many relationships. Right, because they they're starving. Because they're starving and they didn't feed each other. They didn't give that attention that was necessary. We've seen more marriages starve to death than we've seen people hurt the other person, like with an affair or something. Right. So we hope that you enjoyed our special podcast today and listening to our topic about attention in relationships. Yep. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couple's Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And tune in Thursday to hear Josh and Stephanie talk about how they deal with these same time type of topics. On Thursday, they not only talk about you know technology and how that impacted their relationship, they've got a plethora yeah. of topics yeah, you know, from you know not wanting to have children and making that right? decision. Mm-hmm you know, to dealing with they're both know, grief. Yeah, but they've it, lost both it's, it's just a really great episode, yeah. so tune in. 
And if you know someone who could benefit from this topic, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.